You're gonna need a bigger boat. No. I am your father. I'm gonna make him an offer, Captain. Life was like a box of chocolates. Wax on, wax off. I see dead people. Here's Johnny. He's alive! You can't handle the truth. Good morning, Vietnam! Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. From her, you bitch! You just go down to Bondi, drop cash on this chicken, and you bring the car back, right? Give him your fucking Cinematic Leap. <laughs> Hi, and welcome to Cinematic Leap, a movie podcast where we apply six degrees of Kevin Bacon style process to select our next movie. Each week, we'll watch a movie, provide our review, then take a cinematic leap by selecting an actor, director, or crew member within this pod's movie to choose our next movie. As always, I'm joined by my two wonderful co hosts, Michael Thompson. Something that's good can still have a little bit of bad in it, and something that's bad has a, still has a little oh, bit of good. Very nice. Ying and yang. And Glenn Groening. I just had the gearbox done. <laughs> uh, okay. uh, to, <laughs> to follow on from our intro's opening <laughs> quote. <laughs> that actually worked very well. Well done, Glenn. How are we, gentlemen? Pretty good. I speak for both of us, as always. I don't know, I don't know if you have Glenn ever says, yeah, no, I'm well as does, well. but we, we always ask. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's irrelevant. We're here to talk about the movie. <laughs> yeah. uh, Good. How yeah, about no, you, not G? Not too bad. Not too bad. Yeah. Busy, uh, busy weekend. Just um, started putting up my crystal spots. Oh. Ooh, gone early. Well, no, because you yeah. – well, what have we got? we got 11 days. So I have to – I started on the 1st of December, so I've got to make sure that they're all up and ready and that – So you've got to flick the switch yeah, then. all the time is set, so that on 7.30 on the 1st of December, they all kick on. And, and actually, of course, by the time this pod comes out, that's probably possibly, the time. yeah. Exactly what I was yeah. about to say. Merry Christmas. About to say. Merry Good Christmas timing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good timing when this comes out. <clears throat> ah, very good. All right, this week we are reviewing the movie Two Hands, which is a 1999 Australian comedy crime film. Still in yes. Oz. Two in a row. Uh, well, we didn't have much of a choice from the disc. See how long we stay here. <laughs> Especially from my leaper. Yep, uh, yeah. Directed by Gregor Jordan, stars Heath Ledger, co-stars Brian Brown, Rose Byrne, David Field, Tom Long, Ed Leeper, and Susie Porter. Had a budget of four point four million, made five point five million, which probably not too bad for an Australian film. Um, well, that's all. Yeah, you'd think it actually would have done better. Yeah, I wonder if it was actually released overseas. Mm. Probably should have checked that. But um, mm. uh, yeah, Rotten Tomatoes has an average uh, rating of seventy five percent with an audience score of eighty percent. Uh, this film is not on Metacritic at all. Um, and IMDb has an average score of 7.25 out of 10. Uh, Joel Mears from filmcritic.com praised director Gregor Jordan, saying Jordan, here in his firecracker of a debut, has created a fast-moving and ultimately genuinely moving film. Uh, Scott Wellberg of dvdtalk.com, is that still going, uh, stated, boasts Jordan's slick and efficient filmmaking, two excellent performances by Ledger and Brown, and that always welcome air of offbeat Aussie attitude. Uh, and lastly, Peter Cascaldi from abc.net claimed Two Hands is a beautifully written and executed fast and sexy streetwise romp through inner city villainy. Uh, sporting the perfect cast, it's the story of innocence and the hard way colliding with a mix of brutality, gentility 
and just a little mysticism. And praising the director, Jordan delivers in two hands a tale that will more than tickle your fancy and touch your heart. Uh, so at the 1999 AFI Awards, he's won Best Film, Best Director, Best Supporting Actor for Brian Brown. Obviously, Best Director was Gregor Jordan. Best Original Screenplay was by Gregor Jordan and Best Film Editing. And it was nominated in Best Achievement in Costume Design, Best Achievement in Sound, Best Original Music Score, Best Actor Heath Ledger and Best Supporting Actress Susie Porter. So it lost out to – or. Um, Heath Ledger lost out to Russell Dykstra for Soft Fruit, which I've never heard of. Who? What? Uh, and <laughs> Susie Porter lost out to Sasha Horia from Soft Fruit. Soft Fruit? I mean, like, this must be film, must be brilliant. Let's go there with our next one. Because if, we could, yeah. if it's, it's what if we could? We might have to start a spin off pod. <laughs> I don't know where the, we'd the find the time. Fruit, the Soft Fruit pod. <laughs> Uh, Cinematic also Australian won leap. in the Film Critics Circle of Australia Awards, which is nothing I've ever heard of. Uh, won Best Film, Best Supporting Actress for Susie Porter and Best Supporting Actor for Brian Brown. Uh, no love for Heath Ledger in either award. And, of course, he's the one who went on with a big... big well, um, yeah. I mean, of all of them. Yeah. Well, Brian Brown's had a pretty solid career. Yeah. Uh, Rated R is soft fruit, oh, so you know. There you go. Uh, and look, there's oh, I don't know any of these people. Maybe no. one or half. Yeah, I was just looking it up too. It's not what much. Um, so I picked mm. the Leaper, Tom Long, uh, and pretty much just to get to this movie. I'm not going to lie, there wasn't a heap of options from the dish. <laughs> I didn't really like the ones from no. Patrick Warburton. I didn't like a lot of some of his options. Oh. I know Glenn, we could have got to yes. better watch out, which better we watch. might get a mention later on in this pod. Um, but, yeah, I, I just thought, no, nah, look, we'll, we'll go here. I like, I've always I enjoyed this movie and I was hoping Michael would pick it. So, yeah. Well, it's a, I mean, Tom Long has not done a lot of work. <laughs> There's not a lot of space to go to. So I, was like, I yeah. feel like um, you got away with one there, Scott, because usually if we are choosing a leaper, we like to give the other person some options, not just force them down a very obvious yeah. road, um, which is what happened there. But I don't think anyone disagreed with it, so it was fine. But if I did that to Vanilla Sky or something, you would be like, no, you can't choose that leaper. You've got to choose a leaper <laughs> with like more to, options. I'd like to think that at my record of, of giving, well, in this case, Michael and you in the past, when I've picked casting directors mm. and I think I picked the ticket from Dick, I think I picked the makeup artist just because they had so many movies. I think I've got some, yeah, I've choice got some credits in the bank. So. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. I mean, I usually like to actually kind of, you know, throw down the Yorker to kind of give a um, like little time. choice. I don't mm-hmm. mind doing that. I, I don't mind actually kind of doing that on a my thing. Is like, I want this film. Um, somehow, usually people get out of it. Yeah, my- the Yorker, obviously, in honour the the cricket that will mm. have passed by the time. Oh, you like like film. when I got to get County Reeves that time. <laughs> yeah, uh, Michael. So now you chose two hands. <laughs> I did. Other than the fact that there wasn't really many other options, why did you pick this movie? Because there wasn't <laughs> really many other options. Um, I guess, like you, it, it's. I guess that's one of those films that's been said. It, it's an iconic Australian mm. film. You know, it's like, oh yeah, Two Hands, a great Aussie film. Um, and I guess I wanted to test that under the uh, microscope that is mm. a cinematic leap. You know, is it? Is yeah. it iconic? Is it a great Australian film? I reckon it's. I reckon it might is be it an good? underrated film. I don't think we hear enough about we'll it. We'll see. We'll see. Um, I was actually yeah. pretty happy. When you pick this, obviously, it's the reason why I picked 
uh, time long. But um, <laughs> yes, yeah, no, it's, this is a movie I watched. I watched. I remember watching when it first came out. I can't remember if I saw it in the cinema on if I got it on DVD. But I remember really enjoying it. And then I don't know what made me do it. About two years ago, I reckon I watched it again. I think I think you're right. Train might have had COVID, so I had nothing else to do. Um, I think two of my kids had COVID, so I was like, "Well, what am I? What am I supposed to do?" Um, yeah, my wife and I think it was one of the, yeah, Alicia might have had COVID, so I thought, "What am I supposed to do?" I had to stay away from everyone. Um, so yeah, so I, for some reason this one popped up. I thought, oh, I someone that. said, someone said to you, Scott, you've got two hands. Figure something out, and you were like, two, two Ooh, hands. Hey, hang on, what yeah. a great idea! <laughs> and I did. So no, and I enjoyed it then. So I was looking forward to watching it again. Glenn, what were your there thoughts you when this got picked? Yeah, yeah um, I'm. I was yeah, I was it's the same. I was um, happy to watch this again. I did watch it at the cinema when it came out, and the thing with me even. As I started watching it, I couldn't remember anything from this film other than I knew that there was a moment where someone is hit by a car that is yeah. that, that comes out of nowhere. I just that's the only thing I remember, I remember about one. this film. I didn't know which character got hit by a car. All I knew was it come out of nowhere, and it happened, and that's all I could remember. I didn't even realize there was a bank robbery in this. And I love bank robberies in movies. <laughs> what and, a bank um, <laughs> and, th- and then that kid was walking out. And that was the car before that. And I was like, oh, this must be the moment. And then, yes, there it happened. And I was like, oh, that was a huge moment. Um, yeah. once, you've, once you've seen it, you can't, you know, like you don't forget, yeah. you know, oh. And, like, it, it does that simultaneous cutting where you've got, like, the car is travelling and you've got the kids and then it's, you know, what's going to happen. So. And I think, too, when we'll, yeah. we'll probably talk about it later, but, like, when you when the kids are actually walking and talking, you can hear the car in the background. You can hear an engine. Mm. So I think they did it. They it was actually done really well. But I'm sure we'll discuss that shortly. Yeah, indeed. Uh, Michael, you obviously get to do the synopsis, but first, play the trailer. I will play the trailer. I got a new job, and uh, you could say I'm moving on. Yeah, what are you doing? Everyone's down in the fucking hold up. I'm um. Open your drawer. Open your fucking drawer. All of you, open your drawers. I'm waiting for a guy. Just doing odd jobs here and there. Right. Give me a case! Go! Go! Was that you on that down job today? Didn't know you could handle yourself so well. I got a lot of work coming up. I could use another set of hands. Well, I did see a chick called Sharon drop a big pile of cash up. Yeah, how much? Ten grand. Then you come straight back here, all right? Yeah, no worries. It's okay, she'll be back. Just gotta kill some time. Who's that fucking Jimmy? Wasn't he supposed to be here by now? You want me to find the prick or what? Did you see someone go through me stuff? Sorry? Someone stole me fucking stuff! Did you see someone go through it? I didn't see anything. Banner. No, I can't see where I am. I haven't got it. There are no two ways about this. If you don't find the 10 grand, he'll kill you. What's happened, Jimmy? One of the new guys. First day on the job and he rips me off 10 grand. Panda, he's after me. I mean, I've heard some bad stories about him. But he's all right once you do it. Yeah, we're going to have to find the prick and do him. Why don't you just go away? What's stopping you? Anyone got 
That's it. That's oh, the trailer. That's all over the shop. <laughs> spoilers. <laughs> a lot of spoilers in there. Yes. Oh, my God. It is, isn't it? Like, it's like there's so much of that end in it. It starts Ugh. at the, the intercutting conversation at the start with a scene at the end. Um, well, it's weird because he goes, oh, weird. yeah, I've got a job. I'm working for a guy. And they're talking about the bank robbery, but that's it's not, not the reason. The yeah, that the wasn't who was doing it. They're going to sell a film somehow. Maybe that's only why I made $5 million. It was ambiguous. Uh, all right, Michael, over to you. Obviously, first of all, obviously, there will be spoilers through our synopsis. So many so. spoilers. But again, you've had... Yeah. 24 years to see it. So, yeah. but if you haven't, already... pause the pod, go and watch the film. It's just over an hour and a half. It's good fun. Come back and listen to us. Michael, hmm. over to you. All right. Jimmy, while working as a bouncer at a, strip, at a strip club in King's Cross, is approached by a local mob boss, Pando, who says he has work for, says he has work for him. Pando gives Jimmy 10 grand to deliver to a woman in Bondi. And when she appears to be not home, he goes for a swim at the beach across the road. There's actually a really nice bit here where, like, you know, she's actually coughing and she's, but she, she dies. I, I love the fact that she's coughing. She can barely breathe, but then she still lights up a cigarette and, like, smokes it and goes, <sighs> and then just starts coughing it unbelievably again. It's just priceless. Yeah. And I reckon it's probably pretty accurate, to say, which is the saddest part. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's funny when you like you know. I mean, we saw a really positive kind of film with the dish, um, you know, and like you know some nice representations of Australians there. But you know, then you see this one and you go, oh wow, this is definitely mm. other representations of Australians yeah, right. right here, <laughs> particularly from the nineties, I guess. Um, unfortunately, the ten thousand is stolen by two street kids while he's swimming because he buries them on the beach and like you know, um, you know, t- tempted to go into the ward because he thinks he sees Alex. Um, Alex, you know, thinks, hey, that looks like her from behind. And and who didn't? Well, wow, same hair, same weird hairstyle. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and it probably was, and then they cut to someone else. Yeah. Uh, anyway, leaving him heavily indebted to the furious panda and his gang. I think indebted is not a good word for there. It's actually like, you know, you're in the shit. Well, he does. He does. Jimmy's in the shit. I guess, so technically it's right. Yeah. 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 Um, the street kids Pete and Helen go on a spending spree with their newfound wealth. And what do you do when you've got ten thousand dollars? Is like you know, young kids, you buy Shit, lollies. loads of lollies. Because how old do you reckon they would be? So twelve. Um, yeah, 13, somewhere in there. Maybe. Twelve, thirteen. They weren't very yeah. old, but yeah. No, but old enough to go buy lollies. <laughs> and they just you know, and they give away a hundred bucks to people. Here's a hundred. Um. Okay. Uh, so it's weird. So, to, just on to that. So it, it's because obviously this op- this actually opens up with Jimmy, who Heath Ledger, is being dragged yeah. to. Uh, well, we don't know. It's an unknown location. It's still unknown. We watch the movie, but looks like a riverside yeah. or a harbourside kind of spot. And it yeah. looks like he's he's already been beaten and he's likely to go and get killed, um, hmm. which is a flashback to what we see later on. Um, Flash yeah. forward. Even. We get, we get yeah. this weird guy digging up in the dirt, which I don't quite understand. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, like the brother, and I guess that, the, yeah, the, you know when you copy yeah, this, it's plots. the brother, which is um, where your quote yeah, from. So, but it's yeah, he seems to be, zombie zombie brother. Yeah, he seems mm. to be digging for a long yeah. way down. Like if he's. Well, I guess he, he, yeah, he's the narrator, mm. and like you know, he finds you know, um, we find out later the the narrator is also Jimmy's brother, and we you know he's giving a bit of backstory about Jimmy, um, uh, 
uh, and this is after is like you know we've had the kind of we've taken Jimmy out and we're gonna you know and um, Echo is gonna shoot him, um, you know you basically execute him for like the the whole ordeal. But yeah, so we get a backstory from the um, the brother Michael, whatever yeah. his name was, um, and you know you get the yin yang quote. It's got he's got a really nice mm. voice. I really like that. Uh, um, Steve Steve Hitler, I think yeah. he's been in a, he's been in a quite a few movies actually. Could be a leaping option. Everyone's a leaping option, really, at this stage, isn't it, Glenn? Um, Beer <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the and it's interesting. I mean, he's obviously he's clearly digging his way up from hell, like you know, and that aspect. And you know, um, yeah. Then the you know we also see um, Tom Long's character. What was his character's name? Is it Eddie? Um, no, um, Gary Gaza. Oh, I literally just had it open. Me too. <laughs> um, I've still got a Wally. Wally. That's right, because he says STFF Wally at the end when he says your queen's in a lot of trouble. Funny. Um, anyway, he's drawn mm. on a hundred dollar bill that's got like you know a guy with a gun blowing his heads out. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, so pando says give him your keys um echo and he goes we'll take my car um and he gets in the car he drives out to bondo just had the gearbox he's got his key (laughs) he just had the gearbox done (laughs) he's gone for a swim he's lost the money and then he's shitting himself and he goes to um yeah so he's uh using the car the job a ford falcon belonged to pando associate echo um is stolen by a young man oh yeah so he's he's gone to a friend deidre and deidre and she said look you put the car around the side um and then they, you know, he goes to Deirdre's mum's place. Are they related? Helen? Is it a friend or is it like, I thought it might have been family. Uh, I mean, Fletcher, sometimes someone these Fletcher. kind of people. She seems to know <clears throat> someone Fletcher. his family, like his mum yeah. or someone. I don't know. I, I wonder, I wonder if there's a former, you know, maybe like, um, you know, older brother. Was you know oh, a partner yeah, could of, have been. Um, of Deirdre? Maybe I don't know. Like I'm speculating because it no. doesn't really say. <clears throat> um, but obviously, you know, like it would be, it'd be feasible, I guess, if it's like you know, an ex or like you know, an aunt or something like that. Um, anyway, so she goes, yeah, we'll take you to Mum's to hide. Um, and then he tries to set up a, a bit of a date with um Alex, I yep. think, at some point. Um, meanwhile. Uh, Echo's car, like super, is it Ford Falcon? It's yeah. an old Ford Falcon, isn't it? Uh, it's stolen by a young man, um, and it's taken to a man- mechanic with the intention of selling it. Uh, the mechanic happens to be a friend of Echo's, who is displeased at the news of his car being stolen and suspects Jimmy's involvement. Uh, Echo arrives to recover the car, but on the way there, he hits a kid and kills um, <laughs> kills street kid Pete. That's that's what <laughs> we were just talking about before, and it does. It's not mm. a, it's not the same now because I've obviously I've seen it a couple of times and I remembered that it was going to happen, um, but I remember watching it the first time and it it makes you jump. You're not expecting it. It comes out of nowhere. It's yeah, it's it's really well done. I think. Hmm. Well, it certainly was at the time. Uh, interestingly, you could possibly <gasps> ooh um. Mariel McClory is the one who plays Helen, uh, and she's in the makeup department in other films. Oh. So, and is known for Mad Max Fury Road, Glenn, if you're looking for another film. 
Yeah, I've never seen a Mad Max movie. Oh, missing oh, out. She's also in a Christmas movie. Oh, that's for that's for later on. Oh, she's also Thor in Love and Thunder. Like this, this person's a great choice. Anyway, so that was Helen. Anyway. Um, Echo drives off. Oh, <laughs> that was a brutal part. Helen watches in Divalese as he simply picks up the dead boy's body off the street and dumps in the gutter. Echo, uh, he's caring more about the damage to his car uh, than the kid that he's just killed. Yeah, it's brutal. Uh, Echo drives off, leaving Helen alone crying by her dead friend. Uh, Jimmy comes up with a plan to pay off the debt by robbing a bank the next day in Bankstown along with two other guys. It was arranged through his aunt. Do you do? I don't no, know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, who plays Deirdre? Uh, so that is the other one that I mentioned, who Susie Porter. Oh, she's, yeah, she's I really good. enjoyed her character. It's my favorite than that. Yeah, we're getting we ahead of ourselves. Um, <laughs> uh, the night before the um, the, uh, the robbery, the, the robbery. So I'm just remembering the robbery. It's hilarious. Um, he goes, "Oh yeah, hey Alex, how you doing? Uh, let's uh, let's go meet up at the pub." And yeah, that sounds great. Uh, and the meeting, you know, and unfortunately, the meeting's arrangement is heard by Liz, a jealous friend of Alex's, um, attraction to Jimmy, and. Oh, you're jealous of Alex's attraction to Jimmy and keen to get in with Pando's gang. So uh, Jimmy goes to meet Alex at the um, the pub. Star hotel. Um, and, yeah, and Liz goes, hey, I know where Jimmy's going to be. And then Pando and, and the gang, I think it's Echo, actually. Pando's not there yet, is he? Uh, he's not in the, the first initial hunt. Yeah, no, he is, because when they get off is the he train, he's yeah. there. Oh, the monorail, yeah. sorry. Um. Anyway, yeah, the monorail. Um, so they chase. Um, they chase down. Oh yeah, after Liz informs the gang of couples' whereabouts, Jimmy is forced to flee uh, the pub with Alex, attempting to escape on the Sydney monorail. However, the escape proves unsuccessful, and Jimmy is taken to a remote location where the gang plan to kill him. Uh, <laughs> and the bullets. That's an interesting one. That's a this. It says through the indirect invitation. Oh yeah, actually, this is there's a thing there. Like you know. There's indirect intervention of Jimmy's dead brother, who, you know, he's kind of a bit of a guardian agent. He kind of, you know, nudges some washing in the laundry of Akko's place, and Akko puts in some dud bullets mm. into his gun. Um, Jimmy is able to escape, escape because, like, you know, the gun misfires. Wally goes to get another gun. Uh, and at that point, uh, Pando and Akko are talking about how this is where they did mm. the brother. So finally, Jimmy finds out what happened to his brother. Yeah, we killed him. His body's over there somewhere. He so gets, not angry he gets angry. Mm-hmm. You know, he gets a, gets a lot angry. Um, so, yeah, so he, he makes his escape. It's actually a cool chase through the rain and, like, the bushland, the scrub of Sydney, um, and he gets away uh, and, you know, gets one more poke from his brother. It's... You know, and he grieves a bit or something. I don't know. There was a weird sequence on the monorail again. Yeah, on the train. I don't know about the weird. I don't know about that whole subplot. But it, hmm. but I, the the part where the bullets aren't working is, and the conversation between Bando and Echo is just fantastic. And I think it's great writing. It's just, hmm. yeah, he's like he gets out the bullet. And he goes, "Oh shit, geez, you wouldn't believe this." He goes, "Like this is fused into the." Um, yeah, yeah he's he goes, filthy. filthy. He goes, "This is actually somehow fused into the chamber." He pulls one of the mm. other um, bullets and he goes, what the hell, what the fuck's wrong with this? And he goes, oh, I, I accidentally put him through the wash. And he goes, 
Well, they're rusty. Well, they're rusty. Why would you be using these? And then they point out, well, no, it's not water that would have done it. They're supposed to go through swamps and stuff. He goes, oh, only an old bullet would do that. And then they start on about, you know, how old are these? Oh, I don't mm. think they're that old. Not that well, old. You told me other ones because you put, <laughs> maybe put twenty shots into something. It was just—it's just great writing. It's really <laughs> funny. They've done it really well. It's—it's it's a bit reminiscent of the Tarantino thing in some ways. It's—I mean, it's not as pointless as the, um, you know, the Royale cheese, uh, but it's kind of—it's like casual conversation, mm. like you know, and that it kind of makes the the uh, it more sinister in some ways, um, and it's actually interesting how. Um, like the the characters, you know, you know, we're about to get to that scene. They kind of have that kind of casual relationship with firearms, um, so, you know. <laughs> with even well, we'll get that in a second. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. So Jimmy now gets home and he, he's got to prepare for the bank robbery. Yeah, that's right. Um, the robbery is not without its problems. When you're missing the whole part here, <laughs> we're returning with the cash bags. <laughs> um, the one of the robbers jumps over the um, over the counter. I actually thought, like, you know, because uh, Deidre says, oh, there's no screens. And, of course, that was a big mm. thing at the time. Like, you know, in the 90s, is like, you know, anti-robbery screens, which would go up um, uh, when that happened. Um, and, yeah, so no screens. And I actually thought, I, in my mind's eye, the actual screen went up. I thought maybe it got upgraded and it went up and it kind of it clocked him. Uh, but no, he just... Fumbles it and falls over the <laughs> falls over the counter and lands unconscious on the floor after smashing his head. Um, he's dragged by Jimmy and you know co Robert into the car and as the the driver comes around, uh, the police bring shooting and kills the getaway driver. Um, and then they kind of there's this you know shoot they out. shoot a yeah there's a bit of a shootout and they drive away. Um, and then they, you know, they get clocked by the um, hit the FM which radio stations. Like, hey. which I do like that. <laughs> I, I see like, the I like that in this synopsis where it says, "Police shooting ever turns fire." The getaway driver is killed by the police, but the robbery is, on the whole, successful. Well, yeah. I mean, they got out, they got the money, I guess, but they did lose somebody. Someone died, so I don't know if it's yeah. successful. It's a not so I mean, what what price is life? Well, we got away with twenty thousand dollars. Um. Uh, so Jimmy gets the money he needs, escaping a in a stolen Toyota Celica. Oh, I drove one of those ones. Um, with his remaining accomplice, the stolen audio's radio station bumper sticker is spotted by the station's competition team, who give chase, attempting to award Jimmy a ten thousand dollar prize. Not wanting to be identified after the robbery, Jimmy runs off the road, probably killing him. <laughs> Which is all caught um, on radio, boy. They crash into a tree or yeah, something. All caught on yeah, radio, and they guess... <laughs> Um, Jimmy returns to Panda's office to pay off his debt. But thinking he is a gun, um, gun the gang once again attempt to kill him. He's about to give them the money and is offered more work by Pando as a result. Um, it's like, oh, mate, we thought you handled yourself really well. It's like, Jesus, you were just about to murder this kid. It's like, oh, you're all right. You got, you've given us our money back. Jesus. Um, Jimmy pulls out a gun uh, and, you know, threatens Pando, like, you know, just holds it with Pando, but it leaves in disgust. As Jimmy leaves... Helen the street kid passes Jimmy and in retaliation for the death of her friend Pete she shoots Pando and his gang dead of course and hilariously Akko still hasn't kind of got fixed the bullets in his gun and yeah, fires we get, his gun we get that again, again which I'd like yeah it's like ah oh, shit <laughs> 
and then bang. Uh, Jimmy and Alex buy tickets to an airport on the north coast, away from the pressures of life in Sydney. Hmm. The end. Nice work, Michael. Hmm. Good synopsis. Thank you. Very brief. Well, I mean, you know, I'm going to throw it out there. Wikipedia, you need to you need to do some more work. Scott, thank you. No, for that's all right. Today. I don't think that's <laughs> the problem with the Australia, some of the Australian films. They're obviously not as well done on Wikipedia and things like that. I wonder. I mean, because Dark City's a cool Australian film. That'll probably be up there. Mm, don't know. All right. On to the categories. Cast and characters. So, look, we'll start, obviously, with um, Heath Ledger. Brian Ooh, Brown. Brian Brown. I'm happy to start <laughs> with Brian Brown. No, no, no. no. Well, I mean, he's the the you know the senior Australian mm. actor there, isn't he? He's most uh, most kind of runs under the belt. Also won a couple of awards. Brian Brown is he's actually he's all right once you get to know him. <laughs> <laughs> he certainly is. Good. Certainly is. Uh, I imagine. I don't know. Yeah, I love him in this. I think he's awesome. He's yeah, like he does come across as that really evil. Well, I'm not underworld boss. I don't think he's a mob boss, but an underworld boss. Um, hmm. I think he does that really well. But then, you know, the mix, the mix of humour and genuine—he's actually got genuine care as a father as well. Uh, I think it's quite hmm. a fun performance. Um, yeah, I, it would have been a fun role, like playing Scrabble and chess. Yeah. in between, you know, organising to kill someone and you know all the whatever, all the crime, run drugs or you know strippers and hmm. whatever he does. And that's it. He does actually. Um, he does like you know talk to his kid on the phone and making um, pterodactyls you know, with him. The wife, origami. Yeah, uh, origami. And the kid, the, the wife is clearly you know like knows what he does. Like he hasn't. He's not hiding that. It's like like you know. Cause he actually says, "Oh, you know, we're gonna we're gonna off this kid." <laughs> it's like, all right, no, you're clearly complicit in all this. Yeah, mm. but I I I just think I like him as an actor, uh, and I think he was really good in this. He was probably the highlight for me. Mm. Yeah, is it, I mean, I like I said, I really liked um, Porter. I guess I forgot Susie the name Porter. again. Deirdre. Susie Porter. Deirdre. Um, yeah, but like you know, there is you know there are things that he's been great in, um, and I'm actually looking. There's a TV series out it now on Stan um, called Court. I'd like to see that. Mm. That'd be fun. Which I think he is. He plays the the Australian Prime Minister, I believe. Mm. Would actually probably make a good prime minister. Mm. Yeah, he's uh, what has he done? He's done ninety four projects. He's acted. Yeah, so no, no, no. Sure. Uh Heath Ledger. Thoughts, Jimmy. Comes across as a blockhead. Heath Ledger does. I don't know, <laughs> but I mean, which is fine for a lot of Australian roles and a lot of various yeah. things. But um, yeah, again, I like him. I don't. It's clearly not his best role. Probably not his best few, but you know, you, I think, like, I think with this and then uh, Ten Things I Hate About You, which would have come out probably around the same time, I think you can see the sort of the sort of performer you've got. Like he he's good in both of those films, and obviously as you matured, you become a much better actor. Um, but no, look, I liked him. I thought he played his role well. He's yeah, I thought Jimmy's a likable character, mm. even though he's you know. I guess trying to get into the wrong side of the law, but he comes across as yeah, pretty mm. just an easygoing sort of guy. So I don't know. It's hmm. 
Yeah, I've certainly enjoyed him in other way, about way, way other mm. better films. Well, other films that I really like. Um, you know, uh, A Knight's Tale, hilarious. Um, the Four Feathers was actually really good. It's actually not as sort of one of his popular ones, but I thought I really enjoyed that. Um, I really enjoyed the Fantasy Brothers Grimm. So you know, he's definitely mm. watchable, and like, um, but obviously this is early-ish in his yeah. career, I think. Um, coming off TV series as prior to that. So, yep. yeah. Yeah, so you would have probably had... Brokeback these... Mountain as well. It's good in that. Yeah, I, I must admit, I haven't seen Brokeback Mountain. I did. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> uh, what about Rose Byrne? Again, probably very early in her career as well, I would have thought. The second feature film. What was her first? Um, uh, her first... Was Dallas Doll? Never heard of it. And she did Echo Point, GP, uh, right. Fallen oh. Angels, Wildside, Big Sky, The Dante, uh, The Date, which are all TV shows and yeah. short films. And it was two yeah. hands. Yeah, so, so still very early in her career. Um, yeah, Glenn, I thought it was really disappointing that her role just wasn't very good. Like her character, no, what she had to work yeah, with, no agency. She yeah, no had, uh, there was no personality in this character at all. All her, the dialogue was just simple, very simplistic, mm. uh, responses to it. Wasn't it wasn't a real person almost, it wasn't written well, and, yeah. it, and it was disappointing because she's so beautiful. Oh, she's absolutely <laughs> in this movie. stunning. It's one of my notable aspects. And, like, God, oh, it's it, it almost couldn't forgive it, but it's just so sad that the, the, the character just wasn't. There wasn't a character really. It was just a body motivation. <laughs> it was like motivation for like the protagonist, like you know Jimmy. Like you know, why do you want to? Why do you want to get out of this? It's like, well, there's this girl. Mm. Like, um, so I, look, I thought she got better as the movie went on. Her, I agree with her. At the start, she really was probably more just eye candy. It wasn't her? So. I don't think it was her. No, it's her just this. I don't think the acting. Was, it was just the, the 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 role. Like I actually thought her yeah. and. Um, her and Heath's chemistry was quite good, and and they had some, they did have some nice moments um, at the pub yep. and then on the train, <clears throat> uh, the monorail. Sorry, mm, I hated the laughing at the end. That was just yeah, I don't, it's a weird way to, but I guess you needed to put them together. But um, yeah, I don't know. I I thought as as the more the movie ca- uh, went on, the more her character sort of got fleshed out a bit, uh, and I thought she was quite good in those parts. But yeah, you're probably right. Just I just don't think she got enough. Enough to work with. I thought not she enough. was good, but I just, just didn't get enough mm. to work with. Yeah, not enough meat on the bones hmm. of the script, maybe. Uh, anyone else we want to mention? Susie yes. Porter. D? Yeah. Like, yep. Um, Just kind of real. And, like, you know, it was, it was, her performance was, I don't know, like, you know, um, it was like it was easy to get distracted for me from this film. And, like, you know, and when she was on, I was like, oh, like, you know, that's kind of... I'm going to listen to what yeah. she says. Um, so yeah. yeah, and I think there was there was she had agency. Like she was kind of like you know she was actually, you know, telling Jimmy you're an idiot or yeah like we'll we'll help you out. Um, but there was more meat to her character than what uh, Alex has had. Yeah. I guess. Well, I guess I mean yeah so. she's yeah she's obviously involved in the bank robberies and she does a lot of the planning and all that sort of mm. stuff. So she's yeah. She's a much more fleshed-out character, uh, more of a confident person. She's more concerned about what's going on and, and what it can result in. Yeah. You know, she's got well, she actually knows. more stakes, mm, yeah. I guess. And I think she probably knows that 
you know, Jimmy's brother was killed by Pando. That just hasn't told Jimmy. Um, but no, I thought she was really good. I enjoyed her. I actually enjoyed a lot of those scenes with her in the house and you got all the kids there and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, it was it was particularly nice to kind of like you've got these, you know, probably career, you know, bank robbers who have rocked up to kind of, yeah, Jimmy, come along. Um, you know, it's just like, you know, geez, mate, I told you not to play with a gun and he puts the shotgun in the corner. <laughs> They're having that moment of silence shoot. with, uh, you know, for the mate. shoots the roof. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's fantastic. Oh, I've got a split headache. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God. Yeah. It's so you always random. died. It's from nowhere. You say, just, oh, I've got a headache. It's like, mm. shouldn't you say there's a hole in the roof? What, what did you, what are you well, doing? Well, he's got a split headache because he just got knocked out <laughs> trying to jump across the bank, the bank counter. But, um, yeah, yeah, so I'd, yeah, I agree, Michael. She was awesome. I also liked uh, Akko, yeah. David Field. Um, he was, Echo, yeah. he had some really nice comedic moments, um, but he was a genuine vi- villain. And that moment where he picks up the kid and just drops him in the gutter, like that's just cold. And I thought he just did it beautifully. Like he's more worried about his Ford Fairway mm. than he was about yeah. the kid. It was just, yeah, I enjoyed him as a character. And Wally, Tom Long was good. Yeah kind of a, a very different from glenn from the mm. you know the film before <laughs> very different role yes yeah you get to see how how he can play something totally different yeah i've actually seen i remember seeing um uh what is it uh this guy david field in no activity he was at that improv cops and robbers show he was actually funny in that he's good is he the one that does the dare mm. ice coffee ads yeah yeah it just is. tweaked then I think so. Hungry, yeah. thirsty. Um, yeah. um, he's in a movie. Yeah. We're talking about David Field yeah. here. Yeah. Um, he's in a movie called These Final Hours, which if I was leaping on my own, that's where I'd go um, because that's a classic. That's a great Australian movie if you haven't seen it. It's These Final Hours set in uh, Perth. Okay, I'll have to have a look. Mm. It's about the end of the, end of the world movie. And, um, there you go. Really good. Yeah. He's, um, he's actually done 100 like you know, yeah. things. More than that's more more than Brian Brown. He always turns up in stuff and he's always good. Yeah, I think he's been in mm. a lot of Australian productions. Yeah, he was in High Ground. That was a good. That was an interesting film about Indigenous Australia, and it's like you know, um, uh, you know, portraying massacres in like you know um, Australia's yep. past. Mm. Worth a watch. All right, uh, favorite scene. Hmm. Favorite scene. I, I, look, I had two. First of all, when when the kid gets hit, which probably shouldn't be a favorite scene, but just as we said before, it just comes from nowhere. Like the first time you watch it, it's like, holy shit, what the hell just happened? And then just the way the cold way he gets out of the car, he just looks at he looks at the car first, then he just picks up the kid, puts him in the gutter, gets back in, and drives off. And it's just like, oh, what am I watching? Like this guy, I heard he just did it really well, but I think. My favourite scene by far, and, it, and it's yeah. Sorry, Glenn. Uh, I was just going to say it, it's it's something you don't really see. You see these sort of movies where if someone gets hit by a car, they either drive off or they or they stop and help. Mm. Or, you know, but to see him mm. get out, check the car, and throw the kid away, it's like it's almost it's shocking, but it's almost kind of believable as well. Like these sort of characters would do that. Like, yeah. So that it makes it even more shocking. But anyway. So, mm. But uh, for me, my favourite scene is, this, is the bank robbery. That whole sequence is just <laughs> yeah. hilarious. Like from, you know, the conversation in the car beforehand 
um, you know, and then they're talking about, you know, just fire a shot into the camera and those sorts of things. They do it. They get in there. They, yeah, he does. The, he does everything he's supposed to. He shoots the camera and he hits the guy, and then the guy can't. Then you know, his mate tries to jump the the uh, telling Ganner again and falls over and cracks his head. And just I thought Heath Ledger played it really well, um, where he's just stunned and he's just looking at the body and he's looking at everyone else and trying to keep everyone calm and then starts to slowly try and drag him out. And it's just, oh, it's just hilarious. The way it's done is just really well done. Hmm. Um, the character on the ground, who is that you reckon? Is that Phil or or the guy that was at the gate? You know, the one he kind of like smashes, he's getting up. It's like, yeah, whatever, slugger, he's getting up. And he like cracks him in the in the stomach. And then you see the, the bill with the, like, you know, the gunshot like shooting through the head. Because I think that's the bill that Helen gives to the guy at the gate. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. Doesn't I don't think they they don't look the mm. same, but you could be right there. Well, I wonder if that's like, you know, it's Phil, like, you know, he's giving that under to another guy. But yeah, like it kinda obviously is connected to that mm. thing. Yeah, possibly. Um mm. but just and then obviously um, we get the car being driven off the road and all that sort of stuff. It's just it's a great sequence. It's really well done. Yep. <laughs> um I particularly like in that scene that the way that the long shot is held off that kind of really highlighting that awkwardness of like you know dragging like they they don't kind of cut away to a close-up or anything like that it's mm. sticking on that long shot and it makes it it's funny it makes it funny because it makes it awkward like you know we're not kind of like you know it doesn't try and you know build this artificial pace with editing it's just kind of yeah lingering it's like what you are we can doing? just see the, the whole confusion <laughs> of the situation you don't have to go into his face because watching this guy <laughs> try and drag his mate yeah. like a, what do i do i have no idea what to do here hmm yeah. yeah. Um, I enjoyed the robbery. Um, I enjoyed the come up and scene with Helen. Um, I really liked that. That kind of, you know, um, mm. I'm pretty the moment that, like, uh, that um, Jimmy is passing Helen on the way out. Like, if he'd been there still when Helen came in, like, he would have been killed. Um, and obviously, opted not to do well, that. She, she would have also known that she was the one that she stole the money off. That he, because she stole his money. So I reckon yeah. you. But he doesn't know. No, he, he doesn't, doesn't know. But I think she was. knew. So she knew that he wasn't part of yeah. that. That's my assumption. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, um, and yeah, and then she goes in and is like, you know, shoots the guy that never talks, um, and, you know, shoots Bert Wally, and then shoots Panda, and then shoots, you know, after you know, Echo tries to shoot back, and then Echo stuffs it. And that song that's playing is like that. I'm pretty sure that song came out, especially for this movie. It wasn't like on one of the albums. Powder Fingers these days. Yeah. Yeah. It was especially for this movie. Yeah. Mm. It's a great, great song. I haven't heard in a long time. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Number one Um, in Triple J's Hottest 100 around that time. Yeah. Mm. And I guess, like, you know, I like the. I like the. um, Uh. The scene where they're on the the shore, you know, that's kind of nice too. Like you know, you were talking about the casual talk, but you know, you tie it together with the beginning and that sort of middle, um, you know, mm. it's kind of cool. I like it. Yeah, Clint, you've already pretty much word for word what Scott said, except I was going to say the bank robbery first and then the car <laughs> hit bit. 
but because um, I just always love a bank robbery scene in, in a movie. It's always a highlight. And for this movie, no exception, it's a highlight again. And the good thing about this movie having a bank robbery is usually those sort of movies, the bank robbery happens early, early in the movie. And then as you get later in the movie, you start to lose interest and just it's not as great. But then this one was sort of building up to it and it was at the right at the end. And um, it was a really good place to put a bank robbery scene because usually it the last third of a movie, I'm starting to get a bit, oh, how much longer? But this movie, it just mm-hmm. kept kept me going the whole way and partly because of that great scene, yeah. um, the bank robbery scene. Loved it. And yeah, and, and the way they just make it different to all the others by having the guy knock himself out just made it so much more interesting to, for them to get away. And then Heath Ledger shoots the cop. Like just before they went in, he was like, what do we do if we see a cop? And they like shoot him. And he's not the type who wants to kill people. He's just, mm. you know... He doesn't mind delivering money or, you know, little jobs like that. But to shoot a cop for him would have been a big deal. And um, so, yeah, it was interesting. And um, I liked that scene. So, and yeah, the car hitting the kid, not because it's a especially exciting scene to watch or anything, but just because that's one that stuck with me all the last 24 years mm. since I first yeah, saw it. The, and um, yeah, it's just, the yeah. second time I've seen it. So Yeah. yeah um, so that, that scene I'll have to mention as well. Yeah. Yeah. Notable aspects, Gwen? Uh, probably, uh, like you said, the ending with the kid shooting all the guys, that was huge. Just I'd, I'd forgotten all that as well. I didn't realise that was coming at all. Um, that was great to see and the song. Um, but probably the other big notable aspect for me was the humour, the the, um, the bank robbery being knocked out, the bullets through the wash, um, just the little moments like that that make it, quite funny even though it's a not a funny movie really um hmm. yeah and I, like you said it's like almost tarantino like the the dialogue and how it's just unexpected like you know the scene in pop fiction where they shoot the guy in the head by accident and that sort of where, where unexpected things hmm. happen and um they have a yeah, little bit of humor which i, I quite hmm. like yeah yeah no 100 percent agree Michael? um some there's some good sound design elements that yep. i really enjoyed um you know, like you talked before, Scott, about how the, you know, you hear the car coming on a different, you know, aspect. And like, there's a few other kind of well-done things like that that kind of link things across those different character aspects. Um, there was some really, um, one of the, there was a couple of big dollies. Actually, I mean, that's probably the connection between um, Jimmy and Alex was like, you know, really notable. Like, you know, you had this, you know, it did that slow kind of zoom into the close up to kind of draw that connection and, you know, effective, obvious. Like, you know, you kind of go, oh, yeah, I see what they're doing there with the zoom, um, but effective. Like, you know, you, you know, it really did kind of, you know, you had that kind of shallow depth of field and it kind of zoomed in and it's like, you know, both of them is like while he's holding the camera. That was really nice. Um, the, the big dolly in, um, to Les when, you know, um, Alex says, oh, Jimmy, I'll catch you at the, the Star Hotel. And it's like, yeah. zoom in. And it's like, um, holy crap, I know where the guy's going to be. And he's got a date with Alex, the bastard. <laughs> and you can see that, what he's thinking. Um, you know, that was kind of like, you know, you don't see that sort of move in, that quick move in um, with a camera much, you know, and Jaws doesn't mm. notably with Steven Spielberg. So, you know, that happens with this one. Um, so there's a few of those um which is nice um and yeah just some you know i guess some nice editing and but yeah the cam- i think the camera work was kind of um 
it was effective. You know, it wasn't there wasn't a lot of thrill and you know thrills and spills about it, but it was effectively done. You know, it was simple, well, effectively, nicely chosen yep. shots. So yeah, yep, no, that's me. Um, I had I think we just mentioned it before. Rose Byrne is absolutely stunning in this. Um, I, it was really fun seeing old phones. Hmm, and the, yeah. the fact that not everyone had mobile phones back then, which is right. I don't think I had a mobile phone back then, if memory serves. Nine nine nine, not probably did. Yeah, yeah. I might have. Maybe yeah. maybe I, I would have just did. bought one, but I don't think I don't I'm think sure I had. had it. Yeah, I probably not. Um, but yeah, just just that. Remember where you had to give someone your phone number and you had to be at home to get the phone call. Like it's just strange in in today's society to think that that's what it was like. It's almost archaic in some ways. Um, I, I had it. Brian Brown was awesome. Uh, and, look, the music throughout was good. I mean, Powder Have Finger had quite a few songs in this movie, um, all of which I enjoyed. Um, and, yeah, I think Alex There was Lloyd, an Alex Lloyd, yeah, Lloyd song Alex Lloyd at one point. Yeah, Alex Lloyd played in yeah. one of the sections. Mm. So I think it was in the bar. So, yeah, just I thought that was good. That was well done. Um, questions, queries, tidbits. Hmm. I did have. I mean, why would you like? You know, you've you've got a you've got a job, and um, you've got ten thousand dollars in on you. Where does that become? Like, I'm not leaving ten grand anywhere. Like, you know, if I'm going to go for a swim, it's going down my it's going down my jocks. It's coming with me, <laughs> or I don't go for a swim. I got shit. I'll go back and try the girl. Like, you know, think she'll still be here. Or maybe you just call out her name. Hey, Alex. No, not Alex. Oh, oh that's not yeah. Alex. Okay. Not her. Um, not my girl. I'm not going to go in the water. I'll go back. I'll knock on this door again. Fuck, she's not there. Pando, look, she's not answering her phone. I think maybe something's wrong. Oh, she's, you know, basically. Slip it under the door even. You've got to remember, though, he doesn't have a mobile phone, so he can't just ring Pando and say he'd have to drive the 20 minutes back. With yeah, it. pay phones. Yeah, but you could, she, you're right, you could have spun with it because I mean, we have plastic money here in Australia. Exactly, and it was plastic money. It's the all, all the crisp, yeah. you know, brand new $100 plastic bills. Stick them down your jocks, you know, been fine. Yep. Any others? Nah, it's my big one. It's like, you know, really, they could have avoided all this trouble if you just held well, on to the The big thing about that is that Pando also tells him a story just before it about how this hmm. Italian that he sent to take car stereos to someone. No, uh, Kiwi Bob, Bob had said, that's right, had gone to go to an Italian to take 40 car stereos. The Italian was out the back having a dump, so he didn't think anyone was there, so he came back with the 40 stereos. Kiwi Bob come back with the 40 stereos. So it's exactly the same sort of situation that Jimmy's in. He's gone to deliver the product. They're yeah. not there, although at least Kiwi Bob brought it back. Jimmy... Had it stolen from him, mm. but I guess that's the the thing. Like you know, um, yeah, it didn't pan out, Pando. Oh, like what was going on? I'll call him up. Oh, he's having a dump. Go yeah. back now. Like you know, um, oh, you know, shit. You couldn't deliver the money, man. Like, do you really want a job? Like, I swear, something. You know, she didn't answer the door, mate. All right, I call. Oh, all right, she's not answering the call. All right, we might go. We might pay her a visit. You know, oh yeah. shit, she's dead. <laughs> that's unlucky. Yeah, sorry, Jimmy, I'm not going to expect you to deliver money to a dead woman. <laughs> probably probably would, the best. Uh, yeah, here's your 500 bucks. Bugger off. Glenn? 
Uh, yeah, I had more questions than I actually can see on my notes. I must have lost all the time. Um, this is a question I just come up with before. What was going on with his friend out the front of the strip club there? Like, just turns on him and just really wanted to dob him in at the end there. That was really harsh. I think he just, they both <laughs> wanted to get in with Pando because obviously he can make some good money yeah. and he becomes someone on the, on, on the strip. So that would be my guess. Yeah, I don't think they were friends then. I think it was just a dick he had to work Possibly, with. yeah. Mm. He's a jerk. Yeah. Um, the mm. one question I had, well, one question I had was when she's they're taking the photo and, and she's like, Oh, he's like, I'll take a picture of you. And and she's giggling and laughing and smiling and looking great. And then he says, you've got to do something. And she says, what should I do? And he says something. And then she literally just stops smiling and stares into space. Mm. Like that's literally doing the opposite of something. <laughs> it's, it's, right. It's like, you're literally doing nothing now. I'm going to. She's smiling. So she's, I'm kidding. She's smiling and giggling. I'm, perfect for a photo. And then do something. Mm, okay. And she just stops. I'm and connecting stares. with you. Oh, it was just like, you a, that eyes. was quite annoying. Um, yeah. It's interesting though. Like at least, I mean, in some ways, at least it wasn't smiling. I don't know. Like I thought, I thought, oh, it's actually nice. She's not smiling. You know, it's not like the you know smile, smile for me, love. Um, just... You know, it was just kind of she's being. You know, mm. and at least her resting bitch face mm. wasn't kind of you know horrendous. It was like you know, all right, she's yeah, mm. you know, yeah, no. but she like, did something. It was the opposite <laughs> of something. Do, do something anyway. Um, oh yeah. The other question was at the end. He goes back to his house that's been trashed, and she's sitting in there. And I was like, "How? How did she know his address? Like, I don't think he ever. She never knew where he lived. I thought that yeah, was good. Yeah, I assume the brother. Oh, uh, right. Hmm. Um, how would she've got in? Uh, the door was open. The door was open. Yeah, they were trashed. It? Yeah, it was trashed. And uh, yeah, thought I had. At least he's got question, ten. But oh no, he didn't take the ten grand. He didn't take the ten grand. I kind of. You know, but he gave it back. Um, yeah, Helen's on the winner though. She basically she assumes she walks away with fifteen thousand dollars. Mm. You know, possibly gets caught for murder, but you know, I mean, we I guess we'll wait until the sequel. <laughs> um, yeah, no, no more. I don't think. Oh, and mm. I just mentioned because I haven't yet. I didn't like Zombie Brother. Thought it was annoying. I, I didn't like it as a that's yeah that's probably one of my notable aspects that I forgot. I didn't like it as a plot point. I, I what's that? The yeah. brother, the whole brother part of it. You probably I think you could have done oh, it okay. differently. Yeah, just put me off. Mm. Um, hmm. Um. Yeah, it wasn't. I wasn't phased by it. Like it was interesting as a narrator. Um. Yeah. Could have been done differently. I don't know. <laughs> um. So I had. It's 10 o'clock when he goes to go and visit Pando for the first time and they're all drinking VB stubbies. Mm. Or they're all drinking some form of beer. And it's uh, five o'clock somewhere, Scott. Yeah, but it's at 10 o'clock because he said, meet me at 10 o'clock. Yeah, five o'clock mm, somewhere. True. <laughs> uh, a tidbit, Pando seems to be a really good dad. Yeah, not anymore, right. he's dead. Yeah. He's all right once you get to know him. Um, mm-hmm. I... He's an alright bloke. <laughs> yeah. Why did Jimmy have clothes at Dee's house? Like, because he see, he gets dressed to know. go to see Alex, and then it's like then I think he gets dressed again before they go on the mm. burglar. Yeah, he puts on a shirt and yeah. pants, and is he borrowing? Nice maybe shoes. he's borrowing clothes again. Maybe that's where the brother that's was. Where, maybe that's you know? the link that she's he's wearing his brother's clothes. That would make sense. 
Yeah. Um, and the last mm. one, there's no real security at, at Pando's. No. Well, it's Les. Well, no, because Les is just <laughs> down the street. So you got, yep. the, you got the, I assume he's the big Kiwi guy. Because uh, there's, there's Wally, there's Akko, and there's that other guy that you don't hear from. How did the kid know where he was as well at the end? Oh, everyone knows where Pando. Yeah, everyone oh, yeah. knows where Pando is. Oh, right. Yeah. Police should go there. <laughs> like, yeah, probably. Uh, all right. Uh, Michael, over to you for trivia. All right. This is going to be the shortest trivia ever. So if you've got something, um, jump in at the end. Akko and Co., the bad guys, drive a series of cars uh, made by Ford, while Wazza... Craig and Deidre, the good guys, drive cars made by Holden. In reality, mm. Ford and Holden are traditional rivals in the car industry and motor racing scene. Australia didn't even clock that. They're dead now. Well, I mean, Holden is anyway. Um, Echo's prized purple XA Falcon, the Jimmy Burrows, is actually directed Gregor Jordan's own car. Comedian Merrick Watts brought the car and owned it until 2011 when he sold it at auction. Why wouldn't Gregor Jordan keep it? Oh, maybe. I mean, he hasn't done a lot of stuff, maybe, so that's it. <laughs> um, when Jimmy is about to head into Star Hotel to meet Alex, there is a sign promoting a $10,000 prize. This one of many ironic outs for Jimmy throughout the film. Wow, I didn't even clock that. So probably another kind of, yeah, win $10,000. Um, when, the the, uh, when they dumped the car thief who stole Akko's XA Falcon into the ocean, the engine block they chain um, him to for ballast is a Holden Red. 186. The very next camera shot is a, a front yard full of classic Holdens with the 186 letterbox in the foreground. Really kind of pumping the mm. Holden Ford thing, aren't they? Um, actor and voiceover artist Rick Carter uh, provides the uncredited voice of the man, Stephen Vidler, uh, Jimmy's brother in the film. Why would you get uncredited for that film? That just seems odd. Um, but God, that was a good yeah. voice, wasn't it? Why would um, you just got Steve Vidler in a sh- voice? <laughs> I did. Um, there's a shot of the front yard of a house full of holding cars. The camera pans the letterbox, showing that you know, you know, they're repeating trivia now. That's how few there is. The monorail, um, Jimmy and Alex escape on, has since been removed from operation in Sydney. It opened mm-hmm. in July 8, 1988 and closed in June 2013. I saw it. Maybe they've knocked it down by now. I've got some trivia for Ooh. me. Please, please. I just go. found some. Uh, this is this film is one of four in which Heath Ledger plays a character who robs a bank. Mm. What are the other Dark Knight, Ned Kelly. Yep, yeah, Ned Kelly, Dark Knight, and then uh, stole a man's identity for access to his bank account in Candy. There you go. And the These Days by Powderfinger was a massive hit, which we know, but it was not ever released as a single in Australia. But it did win the hottest one hundred. Hmm. Good song. Yes. What's a good song? Still is a good yeah. song, I guess. Oh, no, it's still It's, it's mm. on my, one of my Spotify playlists, I'm sure. Yep. All right. Thanks, Michael. All right. Final thoughts That's and right. ratings. Obviously, we do rate out of 10. 10 being a fantastic film, 0 being a terrible film, and 5 being somewhere in between. Michael, I'll leave you to last. Glenn, did you want to go first or do you want me to go? Oh, okay, right. I can go. Um, this film, every every couple of years, you know, for me anyway, you get a you get an Australian film that makes you think, oh, this is actually all right for an Australian movie because Australian movies have that reputation of being kind of not 
exciting. Not, you know, they have that reputation that uh, I don't want to see that because it's Australian, especially back back when this was made. But this was probably one of the first ones for me that was like, wow, this is actually a really good yeah. movie. Um, and, and that that sort of do you know what I'm talking about? Where Australian movies were like a thing where you're like, oh, I don't want to really watch it if it's Australian. Um, yeah, the the cultural cringe didn't kind of hold you back from it. I think that's usually what it is. It's like, oh, do I want to spend my money on an Australian film, which is going to be a bit cringe? Yeah. Um, that's what usually I think it is. Was, yeah. it, it, felt, it didn't feel cheap, the production, I didn't think. And I think that's the same with the dish. And I think we mentioned that last week, that I think Australian films can sometimes feel and look cheap. I don't think the dish or this did. I think it felt like a, a quite a good production. Yeah, and this this was probably one of the first for me that surprised me as a, for an Australian mm. film and made me realise, okay, no, we can do really good movies that, you know, hold up with the best, you know, Hollywood, you know, action and comedy and the humour and all that. But for me, this movie has, a, I feel like it's aged a bit, especially early on in the film. My first my first thoughts were like, wow, this has not aged well. The opening credits, um, the, the zombie brother. <laughs> the cheap 3D, um, yeah. I was just like, oh, but then it did improve as as the movie went on, and I actually quite enjoyed watching it. Um, so for me, it's a seven point two five. Oh, what? Sorry, seven point two five. Oh, Glenn, I see your seven point two five, and I, well, I match your seven point two five. That's actually what I had. <laughs> Um, so, oh, look, I've watched this several times now uh, and I've enjoyed it each time. I think it's a clever film. I think it's generally well done across the board. Great mix of humour and action. Uh, whilst it's also got some heart in there as well. It does feel like a uniquely Australian film playing on an Australian sense of humour and I think it really does get the feel of, of King's Cross and that sort of stuff. It's just an enjoyable 90, 90 odd minutes and, yeah, for me it's a 7.25. Like you, Glenn, it's, I was probably one that didn't necessarily jump to an Australian film, but when I watched this, I thought, shit, this is uh, this is a really quality film. So, yeah, 7.25 from me. Michael, over to you. Um, thank you, Scotty. Uh, the There was certainly, like, um, it felt very indie film for me, and, um, you know, you, you could see that in the, like, you know, in the film's texture, and it was nice. It was nice seeing that, like, older film and, like, you know, and actually kind of seeing... Sydney, you know, of the nineties. Um, uh, but I guess, like, you know, it, it kind of falls in that genre that I'm not a big fan of. It's not the Australian film part, but it's that crime aspect. So, like, that's always kind of one that I kind of eh, not super big on that. Um, but you know, that's, it did. But it, it has put the humour in though, didn't it? It did, and like, you know, and that was, and in some ways, that's the Australian character which I liked. Um, and you know, and then some of the like you know, whilst you know, I'm not a Tarantino fan, but I did like some of the the way that's written, like you know, particularly like some of those scenes, like you know, look, your gun is filthy. Um, that was you know, that was interesting stuff. At least it was related to what was going on, but and it kind of highlighted the you know, the Australian, you know, the Australian kind of, um, I suppose Bogan in some ways, yeah. that kind of ochre thing. Um, but yeah, but ultimately the you know. It kind of the subject matter did kind of engage with me. I'm going with a 6.25. All right. So with... Uh, 
7.25. Yeah. Calculator 7. out. No, I'm putting him into this. I'm putting him straight into the spreadsheets. Then it helps me. All right. Uh, so with a 7.25 Glenn and a 6.25 for Michael, that does give us a score of 20.75, which actually, it's actually puts – not bad. No. So mm. that would put it in uh, – what have I done here? Math. So that would put it <laughs> in the number six position, I do believe, mm. just ahead of Contagion on 20.5, but below Zombieland Double Tap on 21.75. It's good that we're starting to get some films over 20. <laughs> we have had a, ba- a bit of a bad <laughs> run. But, yes, so it would be sitting in the number six position now. There you go. Yeah. And I guess, you know, we rated the dish better. Uh, oh, hang on. Where do we put the dish? The dish was number 23. It would be in the number seven position. So the, Oh, yeah, sorry, no. So the dish was in the top three. So, yes, you're right. Sorry, yep. that would push uh, That would push this down to the number seven spot. Mm. Yeah. Top ten, though. Yeah, no, it's been a, it's a good film. Hmm. Where to now, G-Force? Well, Michael, you should know. This is where I call on you. To do the socials. Oh, yeah, shit, the socials. I always forget, <laughs> I always forget about the socials. No, no one listens to us. We don't, we don't, we don't pop our ties up enough. All right, uh, we are found on X. We are known as at Cinematic Leap oh. is our handle. We are on Facebook. Just search for Cinematic Leap. We are on all major podcast platforms, and obviously we can be found at our fantastic website, cinematicleap.com, which Glenn has done a power of work with. Uh, you can see all our scores. You can hear a little bit about us. Uh, all our episodes are there, and you can listen to them directly from there through your favourite podcast Huzzah. network. All right. Mm. Michael. Oh, sorry. And don't forget to share us, rate us, do everything. Just get us out there. Tell your friends. Tell mm. your family. Give us a, give a voucher for Christmas. I don't think we have vouchers, yeah. but just tell people tell for Christmas. Put it in a card. Send it no, off. Put it, listen to, <laughs> write it in a card. Get your, get your Christmas card. Merry Christmas, Mum. Listen to cinematically. That's all you have to do. Save yourself money. Just write that in, and it's worth hundreds. I would have thought. Mm. Hundred, well, at least hundreds of hours. (laughs) At least hundreds of hours of content. (laughs) It's not worth any money, but it's worth hundreds of hours of content. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Michael, over to you for our cinematic loop. All right. Jeez, I'm going terribly tonight. Uh, Okay, Glenn, I do believe that you get to choose the leaper, and I get to choose the movie. And I get to sit back and influence people. Well, yeah. Um, I'm just going to go straight to it and say it because I've been thinking over, think, overthinking it way too much this time, and I've been looking Mariel McClory, yes, clicking all over the place, <laughs> and um, I'm just going to go back to the whole um, reason behind Cinematic Leap, why we do it, the way why we leap from film to film, and it's because if you see something you like you should want to watch more of it and we could leap with them. So let's go with Rose Byrne because I know she can do a lot better than what I saw in this film and she's just, I really like her um, mm. and I really want to see her again um, in a different role. So I'm going to choose Rose Byrne even though I couldn't decide half an hour ago. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, I had no idea where you might go with this, Scott, because there's a good for, mm. there's a variety of all sorts of stuff. Um, so Lots I'm going to be surprised stuff. whatever you go with, um, but I'm sure yeah. I will enjoy watching Rose Byrne and whatever she does. Yeah. Well, there's a few yeah. here that I haven't seen. So 
get him to the we'll Greek. Definitely see something that I haven't seen. Yeah, no, that's yeah. Mm. Don't know about that. Twenty-eight weeks later. That's one of my an option. One of my most highly rated Rose Bird movies is Instant Family, which was surprisingly mm. really enjoyable. Doesn't really sound like something. Um, X Men Apocalypse. It's a comedy. It's really uh, good. It's spirited. That sounds like a. Is that a Christmas movie? We're heading into that time. Oh, is that that's with Ryan um, Reynolds and Ryan Reynolds? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it is a Christmas film. Um, Peter Rabbit. Yeah, get in yeah. on that. I, look, <laughs> I'm going to go with the movie Insidious, which is a horror film. Ooh, Insidious. <laughs> or Neighbours. Go no, neighbors. we're going to go Insidious. Neighbors. It's one that I've been wanting to watch for a while, Insidious. and I didn't get around to it in October in my horror month. Uh. Um. It's directed oh. by James Wan, who's done some very good films. Um, so, yeah, so I'm looking forward to seeing that. I could have gone to Star Wars, but it's, oh, it's episode two and nobody liked that one. <laughs> so, okay. That's what we're going. We're going Insidious. Insidious? Yep. What do I even watch? On Stan. Patrick Wilson. Right. Uh, Barbara Hershey's in it. So many options you could have. Could so excited, yeah. yeah could but have. we did this thing so we could watch <laughs> movies that we haven't seen. Have you seen this, uh, Michael? Mm. No. Glenn, have you seen this movie? <laughs> no, oh, there you go. This. Tick, tick, tick. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what we're going. We're going with Insidious. Insidious. All right. Thanks, no. Scotty G. No, so I'm happy. <laughs> All right. So yeah. now, normally we fare you well, you uh, people, at this time. However. Once again, we're coming out right, to our, we're coming out to Christmas. When this releases, this should Season be special time. early December or thereabouts. And what we wanted to do is, like with Halloween, we went pretty close to Halloween. This time we want to release our Christmas episode early so you get an opportunity to watch it. So similar to the Halloween- And listen to it. Um, draw. So we've got, uh, obviously, myself, Glenn and Michael have all- We've, this time it's only four movies. Um, mm. So we're going back to the Scrabble tiles. So Michael's four movies, you are noted as uh, letter A, Michael. Uh, a Gremlins, uh-huh. Violent Night, a very Harold and Kumar Christmas classic, classic. special, something. Uh, and Iron Man 3, <laughs> which will be an interesting one for the uh, <laughs> debate on whether it's a Christmas movie. Look, the internet said it was a, a Christmas film, top 100 Christmas film. I'm sure it was oh, in there. Iron Man 3. When, when I think of Christmas and uh, time to watch a Christmas movie, it's always, oh, Iron yeah, Man 3, of course. Yeah. Actually, I better, I better, I better <laughs> not say anything yet because we'll see. Uh, Glenn's yours were yeah. The Night Before, Silent Night, Better Watch Out, and Home Alone 2. Uh, and my, my yes. four are Die Hard, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, Jingle All the Way, which is a... Arnold Schwarzenegger film, Arnie. which I've never mm. seen, but I've always wanted to, so oh, I thought yeah. that'd be interesting. Oh, and Scrooge, have you seen it? which Scrooge, is Bill Murray, that's a classic. Bill Murray, uh, I think he's adapted of Tiny Tim. Too bad you haven't. Uh, we've already done Die Hard too. Could have put that in. Well, I did think of that. I also thought about Lethal Weapon and First Blood because they both feature Christmas trees. All right, <laughs> go into the bag, and it is all right, Michael. Ooh, it is letter A. Letter A. All right. So we'll- right. I mean, who would have thought we'd actually choose yeah, a my right, so we'll- I was not suspecting that. Can I go back and give a new No, question? no, no, no. <laughs> all right. So we'll go back in. Here we go. 
and we are doing A, which is Gremlins. Gremlins. Is that Gremlins? Gremlins. We are doing Gremlins. So that'll be fun. A great (laughs) film. I hope I don't give this a 6.5 and make Michael angry again for another year. Equal on Ghostbusters. What were you thinking? (laughs) All right. So thank you all for listening. Uh, Obviously, yes, we will be doing a Christmas episode, which will drop probably mid-December. That'll be – we'll probably drop that on a Sunday um, as part of our normal rotation. So rather than going one of our standard episodes, we'll drop this instead and then go go back onto our standard episodes after that. that give you plenty of time to listen. So thank you all for listening. Uh, hope you enjoyed the review of Two Hands and I look forward to, well, hopefully you'll look forward to listening to our next review of Insidious. Mm. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Mm. <laughs> Take the Chevy to the living. And like that, he's gone. Ah! In case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. That's it, man. Game over, man. Game over. Cinematic League.